Random Art Tips and Rambles with Rafi. Hola, you amazing artist. It's Rafi. And Klee. And today we're going to be talking about pushing past the boundaries of your creativity. Yes, we are. Pushing past your boundaries, allowing yourself creative freedom, and believing in your own greatness. This is great because we actually have two questions here that I felt were related to each other and related to this topic that would be perfect as the kind of kickoff point for Well, this. sweet. Let's hear them. So our first question comes from BB Pokey, who lives listens to our podcasts and watches our YouTube videos. Oh, hi, Bibi. Hi, Bibi. Here's a question asking more specifically about the decision-making process itself, the feeling like you need to know all the decisions that you're going to make for a piece from beginning to end before you even start. You know, the pressure to know. It causes me a lot of stress and apprehension, which holds me back, as you can imagine. I don't lack confidence in my abilities as related to skill, but what I do lack confidence in is the feeling like I know what I'm doing or I know what I'm going to do. I just feel like I have to know or that I always should know. If I don't know everything before I begin, then it's likely that my efforts could turn out to be a huge waste of time. I definitely have to fix this. It leads to my procrastination problems. By the way, I did not have this problem when I was younger. It somehow has developed. Interesting. Which I think this relates beautifully to our second question. So I'm going to go ahead and put the second question out there, um, which is from Chris. And Chris watches our YouTube vids. Hi, Chris. Hey, Chris. Uh, and Chris's question is, is it okay to believe that you can achieve great feats of art if you work at it enough, even if you're not necessarily that great yet? That's and a great question. Yes, it is. And I would say not only is it okay to believe in your greatness, it is critical to the process. Yeah, It agreed. is essential. It is the thing that's going to make it so that you can keep going when you come up against uh, problems like our first question yeah. or taking on something that's way outside of your wheelhouse. So, yes, I think it's essential that artists believe in their greatness, even if they haven't achieved a certain level that they're working towards. I think to answer her question from my perspective, and actually it segues really great into his question, pretty much guaranteed with every piece that I create, I am going to push slightly outside of my comfort zone. BB Pokey, as far as like knowing exactly what I'm going to do step by step, that's just not, not how it works for me. I might know, oh, okay, I'm going to get started like this, or I'm going to do this this way, or I'm going to use this color as the predominant thing. It's all very, very fuzzy in my brain. So I don't really know which direction the piece is going to go. And I really believe that instead of trying to force a piece to do what you want it to do, it's really a give and take. It's it's almost like you are directing the piece, but at the same time, you are following behind and, and taking a look and seeing what you're being inspired to do next by the piece itself. I think that that's why the creative process is so interesting because every piece that I create, I'm going to dip. I am going to hit that point where I think to myself, like, this sucks. This, this, this is not going where I want it to go. The part where I remind myself that no matter what, you know, kind of like the greatness thing, that no matter what, I am going to be able to figure something out. Something is going to come to me. I am going to move forward. I'm not going to allow myself to quit. And the only reason that I get any of the artwork done that I get done is because of that mentality. No matter how bad the piece 
uh, feels like it sucks and that I suck and that I'm a horrible artist and I'm never going to make this thing work. I just keep going knowing that it's little tweaks here and little tweaks there and sometimes it's changing direction, but I allow myself to keep going because I do believe that some way, shape or form, I am going to eventually get to the end where I make it work. I think that's great. Being flexible, uh, having it be a collaborative experience between you and the art, allowing yourself to make changes on the fly to allow the art to kind of take form as it does. It's one of the reasons that I don't do tutorials because I don't know what I'm going to do from step one to step two to step three to step four. Like I have no idea what I'm going to do whenever I'm working on a piece. And so like the idea of knowing exactly what the steps are going to be, that that honestly would stress me out. Yeah, it can be really stressful. That was actually a note that I made here. I would say that um even when it comes to pieces that I'm very comfortable and I feel I feel very confident with, I still have to allow for certain changes to occur, for certain unexpected things to occur because you're working with materials that are sometimes unpredictable. Right. Uh, even if I've used these materials hundreds of times, things happen. And a lot of times it's uh, happy accidents, as our friend Bob Ross used to love to say. Mm-hmm. I actually wrote down here that whether you're talking about a piece of art or you're talking about a career decision or you're talking about a large scale project, there's kind of three modus operandi that you can follow. Uh, and the first one is, you know exactly what you want the end result to be, right. and you know exactly how you're going to get there, and you know exactly what you're going to do. The second one is, you know what you want the end result to be, but you have no idea how you're going to achieve it, um, and you have to like take it one step at a time. And the third is, you have no idea what you want the end result to be, and you have no idea how you're going to get there. Right. And I think that there's merit in all of those things. I think that for the most part, I'm more the middle, like I have a foggy idea of what I want the end result to be, but I'm not always sure how I'm going to get there. Right. The first one, knowing exactly what you want the end result to be and knowing exactly from point A to point Z how you're going to get there. This stresses me out to no end. It it does. It stresses me out. There is a series that I create uh, where I know exactly what the layers are going to be, what colors I'm going to put into layers, and then the end result. And I know exactly what that series is going to look like because it is a popular series that is made to order. Now, the interesting thing about that is that I run into roadblocks all the time. Either A, I don't have the, the exact color that I need, so I need to improvise, um, the brush strokes are different. Maybe this color is a little bit waterier than it's supposed to be. And so it's not giving me the desired result that I want. And in those cases, I understand that, yes, although this is a made to order piece, all the pieces are always going to be unique and different. And they're going to carry those nuances. They're going to carry those, those differences and unique nature of each individual piece. So, like, do I know step-by-step what I want to do? Yes, but I also don't uh, stick to it. Rigidly. Rigidly, because that's what would really stress me out. And those are for pieces that you feel confident and comfortable in doing. If you're attempting to do something that you've never done before, the idea that you need to make a plan from start to finish and then execute the plan perfectly... That's insane. Like... 
humans aren't actually wired to do that. The truth is that we actually really suck at this. Yeah. We're not hardwired to predict future events. We're much more adept at thinking and problem solving in real time as things occur. Honestly, the the way that the, the, the brain is most powerful when it comes to figuring things out is hindsight. That's where you evaluate, you look at something, and then you say, okay, did this work in the direction that I wanted it? Is this going the way that I want it to go? No? Okay, let me head in a different direction. And then at that point, you're just going to problem solve as you go. As you accumulate wisdom. Okay, what's my takeaway from this? When I do this again, if I do this again, what will I do? Absolutely. So the second MO of knowing what you kind of want the end result to be, but not necessarily knowing how you're going to get there is like 99% of my art career and my life. Mine too. Basically, all the things that I'm the most proud of that were the most gratifying for me were things that I took on where I had no idea how I was going to achieve the thing. I remember thinking that real artists knew exactly what they were going to do from point A to point B with every piece that they created because then they had their expertise and they, they, you know, they had gone to classes and they knew exactly what they were going to do because they had so much uh, work under their belt. They had created so many pieces. The truth of the matter is that I'm at a point where I've created over a thousand pieces, sold many, many pieces, and I still have no clue what I'm doing. When it comes to a piece, even if I sketch something out for a commission, like this commission that I'm working on in this video, or even the next commission that I have, I still make sure that the client knows this is just a fuzzy, rough draft of an idea. I have no idea exactly what it's going to look like, but this gives you an idea of what's going on in my head right now. And that's because everything, every end result that there is, I have an idea of what I want it to look like, but I'm also willing to be flexible because a lot of times, most of the time, the art surprises me and does something even more fantastic than I thought it was going to do in the first place. Absolutely. Now, here's a golden nugget with this particular thing. That was a commission. And like we discussed earlier in the podcast, that can be really stressful. But the thing is that when it's a commission, it kind of forces you to work past it. It It does. It forces you to get through it emotionally. Uh, The commission I did where I apprenticed under your dad recently, I don't think I would have seen that through to the end. I don't even think I would have started on a project like that if it had not been a commission that I agreed to before I could talk myself out of it. Yeah. And basically, that's my secret weapon. If I agree to do something before I can talk myself out of it, and it's a commission that's paid for, then I'm going to do it, and I'm going to figure it out. And that's where that's where there's a disconnect, because a lot of people will ask me, like, oh, you know, do I take commissions? Do I not take commissions? Or some people just say, I hate taking commissions. And it's almost like this very black and white thing. Either you take commissions or you don't. The truth of the matter is that, like, the only commissions that I take are things that I would be interested in creating anyhow. A lot of people think that if they take commissions, then they have to take every commission. There are a lot of commissions that I turn down because they just, they, I'm not excited about them. There has to be some kind of level of excitement and fear when you're taking on the commission because Absolutely. most times people are going to ask you to do something that maybe you've thought of doing but you don't feel that you're ready to do. I think that's the perfect recipe. You're emotionally uh, connected with what they want. You're excited about it. 
and it scares you a little. Yeah. Because it's really easy to just do what you're comfortable with. Uh, and I find that I don't challenge myself as much as I would like to think that I do. Right. Um, if it's just for me. If I'm just experimenting with stuff. Now, I do experiment at my bench, but I will push way beyond uh, when it comes to doing something as a commission yeah. for someone. Yeah. And I mean, I've gotten very, very comfortable with really, really pushing myself out of my comfort zone when I'm creating stuff because I'm willing to totally screw something up. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's lately where I decided that even if I was taking a commission that I was going to be willing to screw something up. Because the the best place for me to be when I'm creating is uh, to be in a consistent state of being terrified that I'm going to screw it up. And also simultaneously believing in your greatness, it, believing that exactly. you will get there one way or another. You're not going to show it to the customer. You're not going to send it on its way until you're proud of it. Yeah, right? because I've also gotten into the habit back in the day where like I got really comfortable creating things in a certain style. It's almost like I experimented and played around and got really comfortable with something. And then I remember looking back at the pictures. It was only for uh, for uh, several months, but for several months, I was basically creating a lot of stuff that that looked that was the, the same techniques that I had used before and Somewhere in those pieces, the theme of them became less, uh, less on the edge, less edgy, less, less out there, less, uh, less raffy because I started to get very comfortable with what I was doing. And it, they almost, uh, got a monotone quality. And I remember looking back at those and thinking to myself, like, oh man, I, I hit the plateau with my art career. And realizing that it wasn't that I had hit a plateau, it was that I was no longer challenging myself. I got to a place where I was comfortable, I was comfortable with my abilities, and then um, it almost became terrifying to push myself out of that comfort zone. So back then, even when it came to commissions, I remember turning down a, a lot more commissions because it, I would convince my, well, that I don't want to do that. There were some that obviously I didn't want to do, but there were some that I didn't want to do because I didn't think I was capable of doing it and I was too scared to get stressed out. Absolutely. Right? Because that's the thing that a lot of people will contact me about when it comes to doing, oh, I can't do commissions because they stress me out. That's too much pressure, too much whatever. Obviously, it's a lot easier emotionally to consistently do what you feel like a badass while doing. But at some point, you do stagnate and then you no longer get that badass feeling and you need to push past it. Which is always scary. Yeah. It just is. But it's how you level up. I mean, it's how we do everything. You have to do the thing for the first time. In order whatever to be able the to thing do is. the thing, yeah. Even if it's trying to cook something you've never cooked before. Like, you have to be willing to make something that tastes bad uh, before you can figure out how to make it taste good. The commission I took on recently um, was absolutely one of the biggest that was so far outside of my comfort zone that everything in me was saying no, no, no. Not only that, but it had quite an aggressive timeline. My disclaimer to the client was like, this is really, we're going to be cutting it close here. I knew I needed to play to my strengths. So I sat down and I thought, okay, well, what are the things that I'm really strong in? And let me start with those things to build my confidence, right? Right. 
And then what are the areas where I need to either learn some new skills or ask for help? And so I apprenticed under your dad, who is a master jeweler. I learned so much from him in that short amount of time. It was such an awesome, gratifying experience. But one of the things that I learned that was the most important wasn't even about the actual building of this piece. It was that he's been doing this for more than 50 years. And I sat there with him for days, for weeks uh, on this project, watching him, a master jeweler of 50 plus years, figure things out on the fly also. Yeah. Because there's no project that isn't without its curveball. I watched him pivot and adapt and make a tool when he didn't have a tool and figure it out on the fly. And start over. And start over. Yeah. The first version of it wasn't working out. Uh, The second version of it, I had made a rookie mistake uh, that caused us to have to start over again. And understanding, he understands very well. I think that's one of his strongest things is that no matter how long you've been doing it, Sometimes you got to start over. You got to be patient with yourself. You have to just move through the project one piece at a time. Yeah. And so that was such an emotionally gratifying thing for me to see him in that place and for him to be so strong in what he does because of that ability. Yeah, because he goes into a project, he has a an idea of what he's going to do, mm-hmm. but he's basically just going step by step without the steps being laid out. And not only did the steps have to adapt, but the design itself evolved a tremendous amount. Into something even way better than what was sketched out in the beginning. Oh my gosh, so incredible. I think we all like open jaw gasped at it when it was done. Wow, because there was uh, the space and the patience and the trust to allow it to happen. I mean, it's the same thing with anything. I I get really excited when I go to somebody's house and they cook and they are not following a recipe book. Mm -hmm. I get very, very bored and I get it. You know, a lot of people like to follow a recipe. I'm somebody that if I'm doing something that I've never done before, I might look at a recipe, take a look at the certain steps, and then I'll adapt it and do whatever it is that I know has worked in the past with what I'm doing and be willing to make a a, a not, something that's not good uh-huh. or turns out being amazing. And that, I think, is is because of the creative process that I have of just figuring out the steps. I go through, I think, okay, I'm going to do this. I do it. And then I stare at the piece for a little bit and then either A, I feel like, okay, let me add a little bit of this or let me do this or I need to fix this. You know, with, with this commission, it was a lot of sitting there and staring at it and thinking like, okay, what what do I need to do? Something does not feel right about this. And the only way to really figure that out is to be doing it in the moment. If you already have predetermined steps and like you are following these steps, but the piece is not working... Because your steps are off and you're not, you, then at that point, you're going to have to throw those steps away anyway, or you stick rigidly to them and you create a piece of crap anyway. And this is kind of the whole premise of Fachunking and the Colab Lab Art Challenge that yeah. we do monthly on Patreon. The Colab Lab Art Challenge is kind of a safe way to challenge yourself. Yeah. And Fachunking is almost always the way in which I get the collab lab done or any difficult commission. Fachunking is simply, okay, let me just take the first step. Yeah. 
And that that's actually how I pretty much create anything that I'm working on because man, a, a lot of times it's just a motivation. Like you're sitting there and you're like, oh, I don't really, I don't feel like blah, 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 blah. Or like, oh, I got these other things to do. And it's the ability to just stop and say, you know what? Let me just, let me do five minutes, 10 minutes. Let me just do 10 minutes on this. And if at the end of the 10 minutes, I don't feel like doing it, then, then I'll move on to something else. But uh, for the most part in the studio, because we have to motivate ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, we don't have a cheerleader coming like, hey, Rafi, do the art, do the art. That's not happening. You are working on your projects. You're busy motivating yourself. It's my responsibility to motivate myself. And sometimes that motivation comes from for chunking. Yes. And sometimes that motivation comes when I'm looking at a, at a piece of art that's not at the working stage, like it doesn't work. And immediately everything inside of me is like, you suck. That sucks. You're a horrible artist. You're not, you know, then every creation in the future gets affected in my mind, like everything you created in the past and everything that you will create in the future sucks. And understanding that I just got it. Let me just keep moving forward with this. Let me just take one step at a time and understanding that, yes, I'm going to get there. I am going to get there. All I got to do is just take one step at a time. I think it was Martin Luther King that had said, uh, you know, you don't need to see the full staircase. You just need to see the next step. Absolutely. And I think that that's powerful in anything that we do. Yes, it is. I would not have an art career or any pieces if I was expected to know from start to finish what I'm doing. I wouldn't have anything. Yeah. Anything at all. Some of the largest scale projects that we've done where it was big budget, aggressive timeline. We were excited about it, but legitimately had no idea. And it was like, how are you going to know what step four looks like if step one it hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Like you've never done this before. How are you supposed to figure it out? And fine. Maybe there's someone else that did it, but we're talking about art. We're talking about original creations. Mm-hmm. We're talking about your art. Are you really going to follow a step-by-step by another artist who learned that step-by-step from another artist who learned that step-by-step from somebody who was winging it and had no idea what the hell they were doing in the first place. To me, in that entire process, the innovator is the one in the beginning and everyone else is just kind of following the steps. And I'm not saying that when you're learning stuff that, you know, that, that you shouldn't follow steps. If that is easier for you, yes. But when you are creating something that is original to you and you have found your voice, the majority of that is going to be you winging Every single process. Totally. You've got to play to your strengths, understand what elements you can bring to the table that you are strong in. You got to be willing to be terrified and you have to believe in your own greatness. Yes. And BB Pokey uh, brought up a good point. Kids are a hundred percent this. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Because, and I think it's innate within us and we unlearn it because that's how you learn anything that you don't know. Now in school, they're like, you need to memorize this. You need to follow the steps. You need to follow the rules. And yet a lot of times when I'm looking at the steps of something, I don't actually learn anything unless I've just trudged through it and tried it and done it and figured out how I'm going to do it. Totally. I'm a hands-on person too. I could read a tutorial. I could even watch a tutorial, but until I try to do something, it's just conceptual knowledge. Exactly. I don't own it. 
Now, I want to talk also about the third modus operandi, which is where you have no idea what your end result is going to be, and you also have no idea, obviously, what the steps are. Right. As it's related to pieces of art, some of the people that I respect the most and adore their art go at it from this place. Oh, yeah. Where they literally, it's literally just flowing forth from them, just like a heartbeat or breathing. Right. It's just coming from them. They're looking at it. They don't know exactly what it's going to be when it's done, but they're just allowing it to happen. Yeah. And um, that can produce some really powerful art. This is not an area. I'm kind of in the middle there where I usually have a foggy idea. Yeah. Um, I don't often go at something with no concept of what the end result is. But one of my favorite jewelry artists specifically does this. Right. He, he starts making. He just lets his hands make the jewelry. And, and whatever it is, then he's either pleased with it or... Or not. I mean, the same thing happens here in the studio when I have leftover paint or like heavy texture or something like that. And I just grab a blank canvas and just throw something on there and just get started with something. And a, a lot of times those pieces take a little bit longer because you're really, really following the direction of the materials, mm -hmm. right? And the feeling and the colors and what's going on. So a lot of times um, you're just... Adding material and seeing where it's going to take you for the next step. Yes. And then eventually you get to a place where like it just feels done. There are some pieces that turn into abstracts. There are some pieces that turn into figurative. There are some pieces. It's almost like a, like a, what is that called? The Rorschach? The, the a Rorschach. Rorschach. Yeah. It, it almost becomes that in a process of becoming into something other than what it started out as. Mm -hmm. And it's always, it's always interesting because you almost become, you're still the artist, but you become an observer in the process. You become the channel through which the greatness flows, as yeah. I like to say. I have had a handful of experiences like this and they're so powerful for me. Um, one of my most fun times at the bench was where I was supposed to be working on one thing, but I actually got super distracted by some uh, random scraps of metal that was negative space from other things I had made. And I started playing with them with absolutely zero concept of what I was doing. And I came up with a beautiful necklace and a beautiful pair of earrings that just came out of that place. Yeah. And I loved them so much. And I said, I want to do more of this. One of my favorite songs that I've ever written literally just came through me almost faster than I could write it down because I just was in that place where I didn't have any expectation for what I was writing. Right. I definitely think that there's merit in all the ways, all these creative processes, either you know the steps, you, you've determined what the steps are going to be, you built it in your mind, and now you're going to create it, right? Mm -hmm. There is definite merit there. Mm -hmm. um, a, as far as like having an idea of what the end result is going to be and not really knowing how you're going to get there, merit to that. Having no idea what the end result is going to be and having no idea how you're going to get there, merit to that. I think the issue comes up when people think that it's got to be a specific way or thinking that I only have one way of creating mm -hmm. because I've done all three of those. Yep. I do all three of those. There are pieces that I know what the steps are. When I'm doing my textured prints, I know exactly what the steps are. I need to follow those steps. Now, I came up with the steps, 
But now there are steps and I know exactly what I'm going to do from start to finish. There's still a little bit of tweaking that happens in there because they are artist enhanced textured prints. So I get to enhance it however yeah. it is that I want to. But basically I know what the the end result is going to look like. Now those are textured prints. Those are almost reproductions. On the flip side, knowing kind of what I'm going to create is where I mostly live. Mm -hmm. And then in the other place where I have no idea what's going to come You're from full it. full on winging it. Yeah. Usually that's where like big time experimentation comes in. Because at that point, I am either using materials in a way or using some tools or a uh, turkey baster and I have no idea what things are going to look like. At that point, then it's just kind of like letter rip and let's see what happens. Absolutely. I think there's a time and place for all of these things. One of our, um, one of our peeps, one of our rogue artist peeps on Patreon had said that the modus operandi A, where you're doing something that you're very confident in, that you know the steps, is often it's good to employ that when you're having creative block or when you're feeling blah. Oh, yeah. Because you can't go from zero to 100 all the time where you're, you're creatively blocked or you're terrified and go into full-on winging it. So it's like the middle ground of do something that makes you feel like a badass, that reminds you how great you are. Do something that you are really strong in and then segue from that into experiment. Yeah, a lot of times when you're blocked, it's better to do something that is simple, that makes you feel like a badass, that you already know the steps to. Mm -hmm. uh, what's interesting about BB's question is that she basically has no idea exactly what it is that she's going to be. And then she's adding pressure to herself because there are no steps yet. Mm -hmm. It hasn't been created yet. So that's a lot of expectation. That, that's and a lot of expectation. And so it's funny. It's like she's using the flip side of that because, you know, when when you are blocked or maybe you're not motivated or you're like, I don't know if I want to paint today. <laughs> you know, the best thing to do is just work on something simple that makes you feel like a badass that you know how to do. And that will get the creative juices flowing. And then next thing you know, you're out of whatever block it is that you're in. But to use that to paralyze yourself. It's like at that point, I would say that the best motivator there is the opposite. Just get started on something and let her rip. Yeah. And be but willing to create a piece of turd. Like a crap turd. Yeah. Go down the rabbit hole full on into experimentation. I've even said, I've looked over at you and said, well, uh, it's going to be a crap turd day. Like yep. I'm over here. I might spend the whole day and produce nothing. Like it's just going to be one of those days, but I'm going to learn some stuff. Yeah. And sometimes it becomes a crap turd golden nugget. Absolutely. It's so it, it, it always the entire process of creation, the entire creative process is so diverse. It is so topsy turvy. It is so all over the place that there is no one answer uh, for, for not even a unique answer for one person versus the other person. I think that it's just all across the board. Sometimes when I'm feeling this way, this is the creative process. Sometimes when I'm feeling that way, this is the creative process. Mm -hmm. I don't believe that there is one answer for any of us. I think that we are, we are way too diverse of creatures to just follow like this black and white version of this is how it is no you have to strike a balance and if you've been in the muck of experimentation and you've been like i've been experimenting vigorously and pushing way outside of my comfort zone for a month now 
then find your balance by going back to some things that um, you can do yeah. easily. Give yourself that emotional break and then go back into wild experimentation. I think really what it comes down to, it's not the process by which you are creating. I think it has to do with the feeling. And that goes back to the other question of feeling like you're a badass, allowing yourself to continue feeling like you're a badass and know, get to a place of knowing of, you know what, no matter what, no matter what, I am going to figure this out. I'm going to get there. And even if it means that I need to completely change direction, even if it means that I need to uh, tweak this or that or be flexible with whatever rigid scheme I have for creating, um, I am going to get there. And I think that really that no matter what uh, what you're inspired to do in that moment it's just having the knowledge that you're going to get to the end result and not give yourself any pressure by being like, I'm going to get there by this time, or I'm going to do this by this time, mm -hmm. or I'm going to do it this way. Just allowing yourself to create a turd and then slowly get back from it. Absolutely. Allow yourself to start something or agree to something if you're excited. Allow yourself to be terrified believe in your abilities and understand that you're probably going to make mistakes and you're going to have to make adjustments and you're going to have to pivot. And it doesn't mean that you're not great. It means that you are evolving yeah. as an artist. That as you're a evolving human. and that that's, that's all of us. That's all of us. Yeah. I am in a constant state of terror when I'm creating my art. Um, and I know that if I'm not there, then, then I'm not excited about the piece because totally. I'm always excited to discover what the art is going to look like at the end. Mm -hmm. Always, always. That's why you say that you're a perpetual amateur. And I love that because you are always in a state of learning. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. And that's what keeps things fresh and exciting. Yeah. So keep things fresh and exciting and just be terrified all the time. <laughs> Maybe not all the time. Yeah. yeah. I'm terrified all the time, you guys. <laughs> Give yourself breaks from the terror. <laughs> These both were awesome questions. Thank you to Chris and thank you to BB Pokey for these beautifully uh, segueable questions that led us into uh, this really great conversation about believing in yourself, believing in your greatness and pushing the envelope, pushing the boundaries because yeah. you know you want to. You know you want to push the boundaries and evolve. Yeah. So now just, just stop listening to us and go create. Or maybe you were listening to us while you were creating. But just create. Just get started. Just chunk that sucker. Hopefully that was helpful to all you guys listening out there. And uh, listen, if you have any comments or suggestions as far as like the creative process and what creative process seems to work for you and and how you're flexible and whether or not you like following steps or you like just winging it the entire time go ahead and leave that in the comment section below for everybody that's listening to this on youtube i just wanted to give you guys a heads up that we do have at least one podcast a week we have a lot more podcasts on our podcast channel and you can find that in the link in the description below and thank you so much for listening, you guys. You guys are absolutely freaking amazing. I totally adore you. And if you like this and you want to listen to more like this, go ahead and click somewhere around here to subscribe. And that's it. You want to say goodbye, Clee? Good day. Adios. Adios.